Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to the Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. And last week, we kicked off this new series about seeing your people, and we put in parentheses, better. Uh, and the topic uh, to frame it all was around the science that changed our world. Um, and I'd love for you to go take a look at that. The focus was on all the incredible research that goes back to the nearly 100 years on the fundamental reality that the best leaders and organizations provide both structure and clarity, a focus on tasks, and a consideration for others. And the idea that you can't run an organization without clearer and clearer structures, budgets, and systems, and you cannot be the leader you aspire to be without seeing your people better. And you likely already know that. But if you don't, I promise you that the CEOs and owners of businesses out there and the managers we deal with, um, those that I would want to work for anyway, <laughs> know that both are necessary. And the truth is that we must provide structure and clarity and provide care and consideration. That was kind of the main point last week. We must structure the work and we must see the, our people. And a system for structuring the work, absent a system for seeing the people, will not get us all the way to our goals. It's what we talked about last week. Um, and I just, I want to say, if you weren't there, that tension you feel, I think that we all felt invited to between those two things doesn't make you weird or bad. It makes you real. Um, and I would suggest that accepting the tension will likely also move you closer to wholeness. I, I think it's something that some of us don't feel invited to accept. But today we're going to go deeper um, than a broad statement about the necessity of caring for people and providing structure. Today we're going to go dig dig into things we experience every day related to those two things. And today we're talking about empathy. Um, and when we launched in today, I asked you to make a choice between a surgeon who is either direct or who cares about you and a leader who is direct or who cares about you or a future spouse who is direct or cares about you. Um, I love it a little too much that some of you are frustrated that I make you choose, <laughs> but there is a reason behind the madness. And the reason is this, both directness and empathy are necessary for us to, re to, to receive that from leaders. But it's much easier said than done. And I, I wouldn't want you to feel broken or ashamed if you feel lower on empathy or lower on directness. Quite the contrary. I hope you feel invited to understand that, that better, that better, and accept the reality that you can get better at either or both. And the other thing that I hope you hear and, and feel invited to is that we've done that we do have defaults as leaders. Some of us are likely more naturally full of empathy with others and others of us are more direct. So I would say this, this is one of the big, I think, challenges of wild leaders that we put out there, that one size does not fit all. People have different defaults, not just in terms of personality and those kinds of things, but I'm talking about emotional defaults or ways of more naturally communicating with others. And that also means that we have we have different learning to do. And so if, if for me to talk about empathy, I kind of have to talk about the whole thing. And I think that's pretty amazing, right? Like this is why one size fits all books don't really catch us because they're gonna miss. And we wish, I've said this before, we wish there was just one more page that kind of the described our reality. And, and finally, I want to say this too, that the opposite of empathy a lot of people do think of it this way. It's not meanness. I want to suggest to you that the opposite of empathy is directness. 
And that's important to consider. And when I say opposite, I talk with my wife about this because she thought I was saying that it was kind of its enemy. And what I'm suggesting in terms of opposites is that it's a paradox. And those of you that know me know that I embrace these tensions because I see them all the time. And the leaders I, I work with and talk with, and so many of you are my friends, is like that there's a tension between these two seemingly contradictory things, both of which are important and true, directness and empathy. And I want to suggest to you that you that you can be mean to others because you're too direct, or you can actually be mean to others because you feel others what others feel too deeply. And I'll get back to that, what I mean by that in just a second. And so as a business owner or a leader or a manager, what I'm trying to invite each of us to see, while we want to think that business and business, business is business and personal is personal, it's just not so. Emotion, when we lose it, lose control over it, is a huge driver of much of we, what we see in organizations. There's actually a whole thing called emotional labor in organizations that's been studied in depth. It's like, because people having to work hard emotionally is a, is a huge just drain on people. And so I'd like you to think about the last challenge that you faced, the big challenge. And think about this. What percentage of the challenge had to do with very objective things like changing product lines, a lack of financing, or simply the change, the challenge of engineering or services? And what percentage was related to people's feelings about something or about each other? What percentage of it was emotional in nature? That's what emotions are. They're feelings about things. And if you only had 100% to give, what percentage is systems and just realities? And what percentage are people's feelings? It's, it's a hard question, I know, because feelings are invisible, but emotions play just as big a role as more objective realities. And a lot of times in business contexts, we kind of hide that. Jobs not being clear leads to people's feelings fr of frustration and feeling undervalued sometimes, and implementing new processes without including people in the decision can make them feel left out, a lack of belonging, or that you don't trust them. A new product launch that causes sales or, and marketing to fail uh, the sales and marketing teams to fail to talk causes all kinds of emotional rifts between people. And the reality, emotions are a huge driver. So let's get better at being both direct and empathetic at the same time, providing clarity and care. And so let's dig deeper into empathy. And by the way, I wrote a whole book. There's a whole chapter in my book, Compose, that, that digs a little deeper into empathy as well, if that's a resource that would be helpful to you. But as I'm saying this, know that, that the whole story is that the goal is to be more direct and more connected to others at the same time. That's my, kind of my first point. I would also say this, that it gets more obvious that challenge for each of us when we're under pressure or in conflict with someone else. And seeing our defaults tends to get more obvious. And I want to say this, that there are actually, in our research, there were 11 strategies that people were able to lean on that allowed them to show up well in high conflict moments and especially in moments where they're kind of feeling that that sense of a collision with someone else's feelings about something. And empathy was one of those key strategies that leaders identified. Empathy was a big one. And we found that those who are higher on empathy and those who are low on empathy show up very differently. Those lower on empathy tend to be higher. Listen to this for a second. They tend to be higher in our research on objectivity not surprising. And although we sometimes criticize those who don't feel as much as others, uh, as, you know, being a little bit cold, 
these are also the people who can stand in the middle of the storm and not feel like everything is a personal attack against them. <laughs> we need some of that, right? They also, listen to this, they also tend to be higher on self-regulation. So not only do they not take things as personally, but they are better able to regulate their emotions oftentimes. Not everyone, but I'm saying oftentimes in the moment. And on the other hand, the people we studied who scored higher higher on empathy also tend to score higher on taking the perspective of others, which we're going to talk about next week when we talk about listening. And they also tended to score higher on seeing the big picture. Isn't that interesting that people who had, had higher empathy were able to see a broader and bigger perspective on issues. These were the people, um, these are those, these are the connectors on our teams who can put themselves in other shoes and more easily see and understand the impact of their actions because they have that systemic way of seeing things. The challenge is that often these two types of people, those who are lower on empathy and those who are higher, don't speak the same emotional language and sometimes even struggle to communicate with one another. And just imagine our world if it were if that it, it is full of thinkers and feelers. Our world is full of thinkers and feelers. And these labels are oversimplification because I, I would tell you that thinkers are also part feelers, if we're honest, right? We're not, we're not fully checked out. And feelers are part thinkers. But the categories do give us insights into empathy. Thinkers experience emotion, but primarily feelings about their own situation. And they generally don't internalize those same emotions when others are experiencing them. Likewise, or in the other side, feelers think. However, in times of pressure, the emotions of others might overwhelm their ability to think clearly. And the challenge for the feelers in the world is that is it, in our business culture, being in touch with the emotions of others has historically been considered weak. Which is fascinating to think about what's, what's now being considered weakness. Today is a little different. As oftentimes what we see people posting about, uh, people low on empathy are now considered, that that's more of considered a weakness in some context. And I think that's really interesting. When the pressure is on, it's not all fun and games for those who are lower on empathy, by the way. Like, unlike their feeling counterparts, it can be like walking into a dark room of obstacles they can't see. These people will often say, I just don't feel what other people feel. And it isn't until they bump into an obstacle in that, in that dark that they realize there was something to see or pay attention to. And under pressure, they sometimes, they're sometimes perceived as disconnected or aloof or checked out. But however, think of this. These are also the people we oftentimes raise up as leaders because of our belief in their, their ability to think clearly, to set clear direction, to stay objective and to get results. And it isn't surprising that thinkers oftentimes emerge as leaders, but it should be alarming if we aren't paying attention to both sides of this equation. Because for those who are higher on empathy, the challenge isn't bumping into emotions they can't see. For, the, for you feelers out there, the challenge is to avoid the temptation to carry those emotions with us all the time. And in the presence of others' experience in intense emotional moments, these feelers out there may have a tendency to become overwhelmed by the physical and emotional cues they perceive all around them as if it wasn't challenging enough to feel what others feel strong tendency towards empathy also usually includes the burden of managing the emotions of others i feel for that and that can be overwhelming and those with empathy bring something to the table that has been mislabeled sometimes as a weakness 
and is, is critical to building up leaders who have the whole package. And when it comes to, to empathy, those who have a lot of it need to hear that it's a strength. You need to hear that it's a strength. These are people, you are people who naturally bring insight, mindfulness, and care to situations where others might miss these connections. All the messages you may receive that are too touchy that you're too touchy-feely or emotional are likely coming from people who don't understand that emotional strength in you. That empathy is too often labeled as a fault or part of something that's broken and needs to be fixed. And oftentimes that's what we talk about in, in business cultures. We need both kinds of thinkers and feelers. And imagine a world full of people who lack the ability to feel what other people feel. Without that con emotional connective tissue, our world becomes run by the compulsions of individual leaders who lack the natural ability to, to take in new information, to integrate feedback from others, and to connect with the deeper emotional needs of those around them, to see them, what this whole series is about. And this is not to say that those who are feelers don't have to be careful about being overwhelmed by emotion, but empathy is a key leadership strength. If you have it, the goal is to start using it and not be ashamed of it. And if you're lower on empathy, to see it and recognize that your developmental opportunity is to work harder at connecting with the experience of others and listening, but also knowing that if you are, if you are more clear and directive, that is also not weakness. We need that clarity, but we also need you. I'm, I'm pointing to myself too in this. No matter which way you go, we need you to pay attention. Our people who follow us, who rely on us, who are on our teams, need us to pay attention to where we might need a little bit of work to be done. And we have so many resources for you regarding this. This, this is such an important part of what the Wild Toolkit is about, what whole leader development is about, is, is seeing this complexity in each of us. Um, my book is, is, a, is a pretty simple place to start. Um, we have a whole assessment called the Leading Under Pressure Inventory that assesses empathy and gives you some strategies for moving forward in that as well. Um, I even did a whole TEDx that kind of touches on this as well. But I would say this, that, that this is so fundamental to those of you who have used the WILD Toolkit, our whole intentional leader development toolkit, as a part of the developmental rhythm in your team. You get what I'm going to say right now is that one of the things that those conversations do with that scaffolding is they increase empathy. And let me tell you why. Sharing our positions on things does not build empathy. This is why bumper sticker positional statements never moved or changed anyone. Empathy is built when we see each other. Giving empathy a, a direct connection to what's often described as vulnerability. It's why vulnerability is a strategic move. When done thoughtfully and tactfully, it allows people to see us. Not for our positions on our experiences, but for our experiences of our world. And that level of vulnerability invites us to feel what others feels feel not to necessarily to believe what they believe at least not yet and this is why there's so much power in simple things you all a dinner together where we share our story a team talking about their strengths and limitations actually you a team talking about their competencies 
their individual competencies and how that plays together actually builds empathy. A new friend who allows you to see them and these even those who are very different from us. And so that's a lot to begin to stir the pot as we jump into this conversation. So let us keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to this wild conversation. To join our live wild conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.